0: in a podcast just to feel something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Stereo Podcast, New Ring RC. I'm Miso Kwanga. I'm Ryan Hunt. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm overwhelmed, Moussa. With what? With football? With life? With with existential?
0: With everything, man. It's the the
1: most existential thing in this podcast.
0: Doing a podcast just to feel something.
2: (laughs) How are you? (laughs) (laughs) Do you
0: remember when you used to enjoy this?
1: (laughs) You've ever enjoyed it so much, actually i've never enjoyed it so much <laughs> yeah it's good i'm good actually
0: yeah I'm really really good well i'm glad well done
1: <laughs> i'm glad i'm genuinely really happy i'm really really glad yeah, yeah. all right yeah all right don't rub it in how <laughs> about vitamins this morning
0: oh, i took your advice and start doubling up on vitamins last week
1: My mom said that My mom was like yeah double dose vitamins it's really amazing.
0: yeah weirdly it made me
1: feel worse. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh dear. Oh dear. Well, we've got a double dose, double dose of football. I feel like we've got a quintuple dose of football. An octuple. Is, it not, is octuple the word? It can be
1: now. Was there so much football or was there just a staggering of football? So it's like, it's just always on because the matches are always kicking off at different times.
0: The Premier you have no chill. Right. They have none. I just wish that they just let everyone kick off at two kickoff times and just, or three kickoff times max. Just be done with it. You know, when you're staying up till, what, like 11 o'clock German time watching Brighton and Hove Albion versus Tottenham Hotspur on a Sunday. Wild. It's like, what am I doing here? And then you turn it over and watch the end of Barcelona Athletic. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, actually this week we'll do Coppa Italia and Coppa del Rey because Serie A was pretty much as you were on the weekend apart from one kind of game that we want to talk about. Mm. And then you notice that there's a full round of Premier League fixtures as well. Because they can't let anyone else have any shine. No, no. (laughs) 8.9 Pickfords. Greatest league in the world. 8.9 Pickfords. Yeah. Hyped. Greatest league in the world.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is for sure. The Sambuca, the Sambuca League, the Jägermeister (laughs) League the Jägermeister hey,
0: leave Jägermeister out of this thanks I mean what's it ever done to you that is that is that is <laughs>
1: unfortunately okay. we
0: can't say that on this podcast no
1: we can't we can't
0: anyway admin quick shout for the Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify you can search for Stadio Outros each episode we play out on a different piece of music for those of you who can't stand listening until the end if you do you get a little treat <laughs> yep yep and then we put them all in a playlist on Spotify, newest ones at the top. Ringer.com forward slash soccer. You should have a piece go up today. Uh,
1: should be today. Did yep. you finish yep. it in time? Move of course. Back. Of course I did. Of course I did. Did you though? Filed yesterday morning. I thought
0: it was supposed to be filed on Wednesday. <laughs> if you remember the business call. <laughs> wow, snitches Ha, stitches. <get> stitches. <laughs> Oh my hey, goodness. listen! to my podcast. I snitch on anyone I want behind the. Uh, not a lot, not a lot of stadio snitching going on at the moment. There's not, there's not. Things have calmed down. Yeah, things have calmed down a little bit. Maybe people are just like exactly. People
1: know the eyes. The IO eye stadio is ever watchful.
0: Just remember, everyone we see everything. Everything. Musa might not, but I do. Yeah, that's true. Musa's busy. <laughs> I'm not. So sinister. The all-seeing eye. Oh my! You have all the names, dude. It's actually well, it's just because it's because my name can be shortened to one syllable and two letters. It's quite easy to put a shortened name that sounds like I into a word that's true actually yeah it's very easy yeah like if you if you shorted your name to Moo
1: which I will never do by the way Moo too much
0: ammunition <laughs> exactly let's not get into that right he calls you Moose that's true
1: actually Nostradamus I like that it's not true though because I don't predict anything like this weekend I did not predict the right games to watch if I had I've had much more fun yeah but you
0: can't predict. this is the thing Moose oh right I don't know whether to rant about this in the admin or to rant about it later. Might have to get Ryler Wren out for it. No, 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 it's not. Okay. Ryler Wren doesn't rant. We can talk about this in a bit. Uh other bits of admin, I think that's everything. I think That's everything. Yeah? Yep, yep. Oh, sorry, one more bit of admin. I'm on Righty's house with Carl this week. We're gonna be breaking down the finishing from Arsenal Manchester United.
2: Hmm. Uh
0: talk about Patrick Bamford, Mo Salah's touch, some stuff like that. So we'll we'll talk about that on Righty's House, Carl, Righty and I. Um But yeah, today we're going to cherry pick some games that we kind of watched that we felt were important ish. Yep. Yeah. And then give a few roundups of stuff. We'll probably leave most of La Liga, Serie A, and the Bundesliga this week. Maybe we'll just pull out a couple of bits. Yep. 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 Should we get into it? Yep.
3: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com.
4: When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
0: Okay, Mr. Aguanga, would you like to begin with Leicester 1, Leeds United 3? Yes,
1: I think I would. Um,
0: this was an intriguing battle.
1: It was, it was.
0: Bielsa and Broj on the touchline.
1: I w- I've watched and I was thinking, thank goodness Leeds are going to stay up this year. Thank goodness they're going to stay up. And again, I've said a thousand times, the only shame about this is there are not people, more people in, in the ground mm. to see it, but, you know, for good, for very good reason. But my goodness, Leeds just, was so funny to see Leicester caught at their own game though, wasn't it? On the counter like that it was really interesting. It's always ironic when a team gets done by its own its own tool, but the Leeds counter was spectacular. And the one thing that's funny about this game, so three one to Leeds, Patrick Bamford with a goal and two assists, and it's just striking like how much Bielsa loves Bamford. I was watching the post match um, interview when Bielsa talks about him, and he just said, "This is just a guy that sacrifices always team first, and he always makes a point to do that." I think. It's funny, I'm not sure if it's chicken or egg. I'm not sure if the journalists ask more about Bamford because they know that Bielsa likes him so much or Bielsa talks about him and then, I'm not sure what order it comes in, but the admiration is absolutely total. It's very hard to play that role. And, you know, Bamford gets a lot of criticism for missing chances and and the rest of it, but he still scored a fair few this year. And I think people have to understand to do that tactical role, that we see it with the Gabriel Jesus actually, it's very, very difficult to combine a high pressing role with a finishing role because the majority of your time is spent, we don't talk about this enough, as a pressing forward, the majority of the time is spent chasing down. Mm. You're not in a predatory mindset. And I just wonder, if you look at like Roberto Firmino and Gabriel Jesus and Bamford, they are all strikers who at some point have struggled. They're not natural finishers, but I wonder how many more goals Bamford would score if he was just completely free to just be a goal scorer. I, I think after his spectacular gone, be calling him, Marco van
0: Bamford from now on. Oh, what? It's just such a good finish. Why does that sound like a DJ from the East Midlands? Because it probably is. (laughs) Marco van Bamford. That strike was outstanding. It was so good, man. And I really liked the third goal as well because there are so many strikers in the Premier League who would try and take that on themselves. And his reasoning afterwards, I mean, if you think the time of the game, six minutes left, six minutes of normal time left, if you miss that chance, yes. it kind of galvanises them. You know when That happens, doesn't it, in games when you see a missed chance from the opposition can actually galvanise a side. Because, because you said like, sphere. We've got away with one. We've got away with one. Yeah. Actually, maybe we can go and get one now. And I yeah, think yeah. after the game, like his interview was really, it was just really wholesome, I thought. It's easier. It's better for the team. He's right there. I'm just going to square it. Why not?
1: This really is the era of the unselfish number nine, isn't it? It's really lovely how we've got Bamford. We've got Calvert-Lewin. You know, these aren't selfish players. The players, and and Firmino as well, these are players who basically have made scoring secondary. Mm. And even Jesus as well. Jesus is a very good example of that. Jesus against um, Sheffield United got a goal. And can I just say this about Sheffield United very quickly? The Manchester United loss to Sheffield United doesn't look as bad now, given how hard Sheffield United were to break down against City at home. Mm. But yeah, back back to Bamford. Yeah, really wholesome interview. So happy for Leeds. And really nice to see them scoring as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, they've put that little wobble of a run they had away now. Um, I mean, Leicester are still fourth. And, you know, I think they're going to be up and around there at the end of the season. But I think Leeds pulling away now. They're 15 points clear of the relegation zone. Mm. And, yeah, I can't see them going down now. I I can't see, what, one, two, three, four, five, six sides overhauling Leeds before the end of the season. No, I mean neither. I mean, to be honest, if they're in trouble, then Arsenal are in trouble because Arsenal are only two points <laughs> ahead. At least we've got a <laughs> game in hand. So, um, Newcastle beating Everton at Goodison Park was a huge result, and we had a couple of people talking about catfish. Yeah, I just want to—I just want to reiterate again. I think we've talked about it a lot this season. I don't think we've talked about it for a while because I think we assumed that it was a given. But what football players are being asked to go through this season. It's unprecedented from a mental point of view. It's unprecedented from a physical point of view. And I wonder also what the mental aspects of having no fans in the stadium for such a prolonged amount of time has on the players. Because if you think about it from a purely physiological point of view, that's like dopamine. That's adrenaline. Right, right if you're constantly losing or going without those levels or those hits of adrenaline and dopamine that you've had for your whole career in front of crowds, like last minute winners are completely different at the moment. They're still last minute winners, but the euphoria isn't there from, from, from the, from the fans. And therefore I do wonder, and I don't want to play amateur, like I'm, I'm not trying to sound more clever than I am here. I'm just, I, I was thinking about this over the weekend. I was just like, I actually wonder how much, that's really affecting them as well. Because speaking from a personal point of view as someone who's attended the game behind closed doors, it very much feels like it's I mean, it's a it's a completely alien experience. And it's very much like we have to get this done at the moment like this. Mm. So I do wonder whether, in addition to the obscene schedule that players are being asked to do without a proper preseason or a winter break, plus the mental strain, plus the The pressure it's putting on families, like they're having to test every few days, how everything is finally balanced to then kind of go without fans as well, which is kind of the, provides the elements of joy. I just wonder whether that's the thing. It's probably not, but I just wonder.
1: You make a great point because maybe there are some players who derive, you know, there's um introvert, extrovert, whatever. There are some players that derive their strength from Mm. the crowd. You know that you see in basketball, there are some players that really, they just derive so much and like, where are a lot of them getting their energy from? Mm. you know
0: so Newcastle United beat Everton 2-0 thanks to two goals from Callum Wilson my point before my little mini rant was that uh, it's like we said at the end of the year Stadios last year it's hard to call individual teams a catfish because of what's going on this year unless they're Real Madrid and they call yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: because I mean why not <laughs> the whole top half of the Premier League is so condensed like, do you want to know how strange the season is everyone the only side with a better defensive record in the Premier League this season, than Arsenal is Manchester City. This is what I was saying. What happened to the narrative, guys? Arsenal have the second best defense in the Premier League.
1: This is the thing, though, with Arsenal. Like it was, I was saying this. I don't know if it was on the ice, on the ice cast, um, with Andrew Mangan last week. I said, look, oh yeah, you were on that. Yeah. You conceded like a goal a game. All you have to do is fix the attack. Like Mm -hmm. it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much for you to shoot up the table because the fundamentals are in place.
0: But quickly before we move on from Everton, Newcastle, it was a much needed win for Newcastle and a big win for Newcastle. Again, they've pulled away a little bit now. That's eight points clear of the drop for them. And shout out Ben Smith on Twitter who hipped us to a quote from Steve Bruce after the game. With regards to Newcastle and Leeds United, just lovely having two statement victories following their intimate chat last week where Bruce said, Elsa was very complimentary about our team and said we deserved more and that's kind of what we said on the podcast it It was (laughs) just like you know stick at it I've been there and all this kind of stuff and that's when you got emotional it was even more emotional in real life you can
1: imagine it's so funny when you actually like stumble across something that people actually do and how they behave
2: it's quite funny
0: wins for Crystal Palace and Manchester City both 1-0 good point for West Brom against an informed Fulham side or maybe a good point for Fulham, really, considering they at the Hawthorns. Two-all draw there. Southampton lost at home to Villa 1-0, right? The thing about this game was the equaliser, the Danny Ings equaliser. I tweeted, is this peak VAR? Because it was like an armpit versus an ass.
1: <laughs> I mean, have we ever reached peak VAR? That's the thing. My one criticism of that would be that I don't think we've reached it, Ryan. We
0: haven't I don't know, it. this was quite absurd seeing a load of lines being lined up against someone. Was it Matty Cash's ass, aka... Matty Ass.
1: Matty Ass. We haven't reached peak VR. Do you know why? We've reached peak VR when Aiden Hazard's ass is offside in the quarterfinals of the Champions League. That's the only time we've, when, when that happens when someone with a big ass is penalised for <laughs> <But>, their ass. <laughs>
0: but, his, but his feet are like, I don't know, two yards onside. Is that what you're saying? Yeah,
1: exactly. That, that could happen to Hazard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's a good result for Villa because I really think that that goal should have stood to be honest. You know what how far are you moving this guy offside? I know they're kind of saying shirt sleeve and stuff like that now, but yeah. it was just like, Oh man, really we're measuring a we're measuring the the edge of someone's it's ass ridiculous. against an armpit when his feet are on side and that his head's on side. Is
1: that karma for, like, for villa though?
0: I think it might be, yeah, because Villa have kept conceding goals thanks to, and then they've changed the rules afterwards.
1: But I think on the ass thing too because I don't think Villa actually have big bums. I think they're just marketing themselves.
0: No, they've not got big bums.
1: They've got good bums. Some of these clubs are marketing their assets, I think.
0: Everton have got good bums as well. There's a lot of, yeah, a lot of teams with good bums in the Premier League. All right, should we quickly talk about the Stadio Derby?
1: Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it.
0: So we're going to talk about the finishing aspect of this Morham Writers House. Not the best game in the world, but quite a good game, I thought.
1: You know, it's wild about this game. I watched it closely, and much of it has already faded from memory.
0: Yeah, I think that I, I tweeted a couple of times in the game that. Um, well, first of all, I tweeted at Duncan Alexander asking if Opta did data on stepovers per per ninety minutes. Yeah, <laughs> but actually, you know, fair play to Pepe. He's been playing pretty well.
1: He's I thought been he
0: was pretty good. steadily. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was pretty
1: good. Actually, again, against United, probably the pick of your attackers,
0: maybe. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think Lacazette played quite well, and Lacazette's been playing quietly pretty well for a while now
1: something Carl noticed Carl was like ah obviously Lacazette and Arsenal have had the brief on shooting early before De Gea sets his feet and I thought to myself that is so disrespectful as an aging goalkeeper to see people trying their luck from distance I'd be offended I'd actually you know like Peter Schmeich who's just screaming at people I'd be really offended if people were lining up from 30 yards out as a goalkeeper of that repute
0: yeah this game basically was very much just it was dying for someone to get on the ball and really take a take a grip of the game i felt both sides looked a little bit tentative it looked like both sides were a little bit too scared of actually taking control of the game because i think they're too worried about losing control if that makes sense
1: perfect perfect sense i think it was the no question about that podcast i think uh, it was ed running the twitter account and ed tweeted and that's a great podcast about united no question about that them and the red Voices, is amazing um it was something that uh i think ed tweeted that Paul Scholes is quite reductive in his analysis of this game, saying that United weren't really bombing on, weren't chasing it. And he was like, well, the problem is that Solskjaer knows the centre-back pairing is slow and the defensive midfield spot doesn't give enough cover. So you're almost like you're in a strange place of just having to kind of bomb forward when you can, but in limited doses. And you see it with United, their attacking is a bit inhibited because they love the left to right switch so much more than the right to left switch. But this game funnily enough tactically shows exactly why Jadon Sancho would be so useful for United because you allow Marcus Rashford to play through the left, which is where he's been actually, in my opinion, most consistently devastating. If you look at the big games where he scored huge goals, City, Liverpool, those goals have come down the left blank against outstanding fullbacks. But I think he prefers the left. And if you have, if you have someone like Sancho on the right, you allow United to be a dual threat. Um, the one other thing to note about United's attack is so funny whenever people criticise Juan Bissaka for his attacking play he does really well and the moment they start praising it he becomes tentative again and I've never seen maybe this is me being dramatic but it's hard to remember a game where the fullbacks have so often come in field mm. I was really surprised I thought by he Bellerin. was really good by the way he was at, and the same time Bellerine. And Wambeceka came in field so often, I was like, "What is happening here? Is it like a kind of you're coming in to combine with the midfield?" But I, I don't think it worked. I don't. It, happen, it happened too much from both players, and that's not trying to be harsh. It's just my, they didn't attack the byline enough, and the play became contracted, constricted, and so the switches didn't work, and they weren't as powerful. I just thought, Egh. so yeah, a bit, a bit too congested in the middle for my liking. I think.
0: Obviously, Lacazette had that free kick off the bar, which. To be honest, if I think of, if that had gone in, that would have been the game done.
1: Yeah, what an effort. De Gea beaten, yeah.
0: Arsenal's goal was living a bit of a charm life, to be honest. There were a couple of Cavani finishes that were a little bit off. The one with that open goal, yeah, that reminded me of Mikel Antonio's last week against Palace. The ball comes at him quite hard and he hits the post. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Arsenal kind of rode their luck a bit on that front. Yeah. But, but other than that, I think it was pretty, pretty even. I think so. Hmm. Elsewhere in the Premier League very quickly, West Ham won Liverpool 3 thanks to some astounding Mo Salah goals. Two masterpieces. Absolutely unbelievable. The first one was, if you were going to think of a Mo Salah goal, that's probably the, the goal I'd pick.
1: And the build-up too was beautiful. Mm. Curtis Jones hammering the ball into feet. All of it. I mean, Curtis Jones just, to the WD40 of that midfield, just put yeah, him anywhere. It was really good. At
0: that age as well. And then the second, obviously, with the first touch. But I think uh, we're going to talk about that like, a lot more in Wright's House as well, that first touch. But it's just, it was, it was such two goals that really perfectly encapsulate Mo Salah, I think, as a, as a player. But it kind of felt like Liverpool struggled a little bit before that, Yeah, I thought. Yeah,
1: maybe for rhythm, maybe, uh, you know, un- unfamiliar centre-back pairing, or not unfamiliar, but fairly new centre-back pairing, Phillips and Henderson. The front three they had Shakiri, Salah, and Origi. And Origi, you know, not really showing the form or showing his peak. But then he's he's always been that kind of player, hasn't he? He's always a player whose peak is high, but the consistency's always been a challenge for him, I think. And good to see Shakiri kind of showing out a bit because he's someone who has been obviously on the fringe very much at Liverpool. And players that get criticized for not going to other clubs and starting more, but I think he's kind of got a pretty sweet deal at Liverpool. You're part of a great squad who wins things. You've got a skill set, which is a bit different to everyone else's. I mean, I see Shakir as more of a conventional wing than the other options in that front line. In a season like this, you need a couple of jokers in the pack and he's one of them. He's a joker in the sense that he can come in and innovate and do things quite well and can beat a man, he can score. So yeah, I mean, Liverpool, what I think they'll like about this victory was they, they solved a problem. Actually, there's an analogy between this game and maybe what Dortmund did against Augsburg where you haven't quite got your rhythm and mm. you fight through and you get a result in the end that shows a bit of grit. And it's the kind of result at the end of the season you look back and go, you know what? If we had to pick six victories we were really proud of where we basically adjusted and solved a problem, then that would be one of the games.
0: And then the final game of the weekend was Bryan beating Spurs 1-0. I don't want to take anything away from Bryan because it's their first home win of the season. Mm. It's all changed. If you look at the amount of wins that they've picked up since Graham Potter made a point of changing what he wears on the touchline. He literally came <laughs> out and said it. Yeah, he did. He made an announcement, and it's, it's, and it's. Their form has massively picked up since. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to say it's connected, but it's totally connected. And <laughs> if you'd like to do some further reading on that, there is some literature. But maybe it is connected. Maybe it is. Yeah, I mean, he did say that he didn't want players to look over and see him in his rubbish tracksuit all the time and just like look at that guy.
1: But all these details matter, don't they? All the details matter, Musa.
0: Brian were pretty good. They could have had a couple. They fully deserved it. Like Spurs just weren't very good at all. And Seb Stafford Bloor tweeted in the first half that he thinks that's generally one of the worst half of football since the Juan de Ramos era.
1: Which is a damning indictment. Bad. That's a good, like, 15 years.
0: But what's... I mean, maybe we should talk about Spurs another time in a bit more detail because that's crept in more and more frequently that they've, you know, I think the last time we spoke in detail about Spurs, we were kind of praising Jose Mourinho for proving everyone wrong a little bit. Hmm. And I was I receiving
1: enthusiastic tweets from Spurs fans about how terrible United were. Oh, shit. I mean, it's true. I was receiving enthusiastic tweets from good friends who should know better. But, you know, enough said on that.
0: When will people learn, man? I mean, if they win the game in hand, they still go fifth, right? So it's not exactly like they're dead and buried. But compared, yeah. I mean, the, put it this way, the winning the league chat's gone.
1: Yeah, and it's gone fast, actually. It's weird mm. how quickly that's changed. Like, not in a kind of harsh way, but it's wild how quickly the kind of natural order has begun to assert itself, reassert itself.
0: On well, two of their last nine in the league.
1: There's a stat about their passing into the final third that Grayson Football shared. 16 teams in the Premier League have completed more passes within 20 yards of the opposing goal than Tottenham. Wow. Which is, as you'd kind of expect, it's not a huge surprise given the style of their play, which is, you know, the counter is such a big thing to them. So, a lot of the passes for those goals would have been completed prior to arriving in the final third. But it says a lot about you know the old questions, challenges, concerns about Mourinho's complexity playing the final third. These things have been said before. Feels like that's still a challenge for them.
0: So Spurs, who are struggling for final third passes, are going up against past masters Chelsea. Tuchel Taka is in full flow. <laughs> Tuchel Taka. That's that is, you made that up. No, I, 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 wrote it on the, um, well I did make it up. Yeah. But I think, I think a couple of people have also said that a, a quick, a quick Twitter search after we posted it on Stadio last week. It wasn't widely spread, but there were a few that popped up. It's so funny. It's great though.
1: What I love about Tuckle, actually, very quickly on Tuckle, when Tuckle answers questions, I don't think it's deliberate, but there's always that kind of look on his face where he's trying to work out if the question is really as stupid as he thinks it is. But <laughs> the Like he, he's got a really intelligent gaze. Like you can, You can see him dissecting, you know, it's like, oh, oh, oh,
0: you're being serious.
1: And he's a genuine, he's a genuine pleasure to listen to. He's so direct and the way he talks and he's so specific, like you're like, he's not going to answer that, is he? And I'll be like, yeah, like the team of anything. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, all strikers are a bit sensitive and you know, you can hug someone as much as you like, but you don't score for a while. That's always going to get you down. And I'm like, whoa, you're like very candid. And yeah. then, like that bit where, that, yeah, you two of your defenders, because obviously, like Chelsea beat Burnley two 2-0, nil yeah. um, with two goals from defenders, uh, Alonso and Pellegrini. And afterwards, they were like, "Oh, how do you feel that you had two defenders that scored with attacking talent?" And he goes, "Well, yeah, that's a kind of that's a signal to the attackers, isn't it? They should know that maybe they should get some more goals." And I was like, "Whoa, I love how Tuchel's so direct."
0: There was a really good thing that Derek Ray wrote last week where um, we were talking about it a little bit about how. Uh, Tucker comes across as a lot more jovial and friendly in English than he does in German actually when he's interviewed in German
1: really just already intriguing to see the team sheets that he's putting out and again to see the faith he is putting in Callum Hudson-Odoi
0: he's love. he loves he him love man and he was banning the match I thought Callum he's Hudson-Odoi the that amazing that amazing
1: quote was it um, Sean Dyche telling one of his defenders to like get on Hudson-Odoi and the guy was like I'm on it. I just can't stop him. I know yeah. where he is. I know where he is.
0: What the fuck do you, I think,
3: yeah, what the fuck do you want me to do? I just can't stop him. I know. Amazing.
0: Uh, let's go to a break.
3: This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there, just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive, or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side-by-side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app.
4: This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000 Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. All
0: right, man, let's quickly go to League R uh, because there was a big, well, I, I would say a big upset, but in this, this season, it's not really that huge an upset. So PSG losing 3-2 to Lorient at Lorient. Two penalties for PSG, both scored by Neymar, and Lorient breaking at the end. Like, actually, do you know what? Lorient's goals, all of them were great.
1: Yeah, yeah, they were. They were.
0: They were also a little bit comical from the PSG point of view, because, for example, like, Danilo Pereira, for the first goal, I think, was kind of just stood there on the edge of the box trying to... There was like a... (laughs) Do you know what? It was like watching the, f- it was like the football equivalent of, the- I've mentioned it before, but those two kids doing karate and never laying a blow on each other. Yeah, exactly. And it was just like, well, someone just clear the ball? Please clear the ball. I mean, Sergio Rico, I think, and Presnel Kimpembe were not particularly great.
1: Can I be honest okay. with you? Sergio Rico's sad face, it could become a meme because it's been associated with so many of these kinds of, well, not yeah. so many of these defe- defeats, but he looked really, really miserable, and um, still looked it, handsome, though. Yeah, well, come on, it's PSG, isn't it? They're all pretty handsome. Uh, but Kerr has never really commanded that that defence, and it's really concerning for them. They didn't score an open play against Lorient. Um, they're not constructing chances well, and Mbappe wasn't great. I got to yeah, say, he
0: missed, he missed that one chance to take the lead towards the end as well, where he hit that left for a shot over the bar from about ten yards out.
1: Whereas Neymar, and this is the thing, to Neymar's credit. Neymar shows up.
0: I really thought he, he was really good. I quite like that front four with Icardi in it.
1: I've always liked it. I don't know why Tuchel wasn't so keen on it because I think Icardi is such a conventional nine that fixed point allows everyone else to rotate around mm-hmm. him. But for whatever reason, Tuchel never really liked Icardi in that role. But L'Oreal, their second goal, their equaliser was scored by I think Wieser and Wieser was started out as a goalkeeper. Yeah, he did. Yeah, which is <laughs> super cool. Yeah, yeah, that's a really cool story. Yeah, yeah. But that
0: yeah. was a really nice goal. That it was like a yeah. really nice one-two on the edge of the box, and there was a kind of like a. There was, a, I think, a, I think a tackle from Kera, maybe? Mm. And then he regained possession, didn't he? And he regained possession, but it almost looked like he'd actually dragged the ball to one side and completely sold Sergio Rico who had gone the other way. Yeah. And it was, there was still quite a, a lot to do, but... There's a lot of thinking, a lot of adjustment to make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really nice goal. They got the winner in, uh, in injury time, uh, Terry Muffy. It was actually on the edge of their own box, and there was a pass, I think, um, Laura. Abigail played a pass through that just, it was literally one pass. And it was one of those moments where the camera cuts and they're like, oh shit, PSG haven't got anyone back. <laughs> like they've got no one back. You
1: know I love about this goal as well. It's so old school because mm. he had no one back, but then he ran about what, 50 yards with it.
0: Yeah, he, ran, he, was in, he was in his own half when he picked up, well, just when he started the run, yeah.
1: What I love about the goal was, it's not that often you see someone cut across a defender, a chasing defender so determinedly it's a move of a very confident finish to do that. Like mm. it's such a clever piece of thought. Most people basically allow themselves to calm down the channel and then just bend around the keeper in the corner. Mm. But he opened up his body so, so well. I love that goal. Love that goal.
0: Um, so yeah, PSG losing 3-2 and the win for Lille, Lille beat Dijon 1-0 it means that they stay top, but they're top outright. Lyon mm. beating Bordeaux move into second. So that top four is very interesting. Lille, Lyon, PSG. Yeah. Monaco back-to-back wins in the league for Lorient yeah. and they're only on 18 points Nantes lost to Monaco and that brought Lorient level on points with Nantes which is really important because that's the final kind of relegation playoff spot
2: it's
0: mm. the relegation playoff spot so they can start pushing on a run they're only four points behind Saint-Etienne who won at the weekend as well it's the thing about I really like about Ligue 1 this season is that actually any two of five could go straight down really, I mean, I think Nimes are done and Dijon are probably done because I just can't see them overhauling two teams to get out. But Lorient, like, back-to-back wins, bear in mind they only came up this season. So it's like, it's got them a real chance of staying up considering, like I said, two games ago they were only on 12 points.
1: One of the biggest wins in their history as
0: well. They were joint bottom two games ago. We'll touch more on Liga in the coming weeks for sure, but let's quickly do one game Serie A that we want to talk about, which was
1: Lazio-Atalanta. Atlanta Lazio.
0: There was an amazing bit of commentary in this game that I will tell you about in a minute. But
1: give us your thoughts, Musa
0: Kwanga. What happened to your boys? Always watched Lazio.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness. But Lazio, they've had, they've got their peak is very high and it has been for a while now. Like when Lazio show up, did it to Dortmund in the Champions League, did it to Atlanta again here. When they hit you, they've got some really useful playmakers actually. Um, Lincoln Southwich, deeper lying in midfield. You've got um, Luis Alberto probably a slightly underrated playmaker for them. Uh, yeah, they handled business and they, they had a really high intensity. And I think it's just that with Atalanta, if you go toe-to-toe with them, then you've got a better chance than not of getting rewarded. The one thing, it's almost like, it's, it's like pick your poison with them. If you sit against them, they'll open you up and they'll skew you 17 different ways. But if you go at them, specifically at the guts of that defense, then you're going to be fine because there are times in Atlanta look like they're not so much a group of defenders in the back as people that play the ball out from the back which is just their style, right? But Lazio, very assured here and Serie A just shaping up really nicely as a result. Like if you look at there are four, you look at Lazio, Milan, Inter and Juve, those are four teams you can plausibly all see winning this title. Great win for Lazio though.
0: The commentary I was going to mention on, um, uh, was on Mario Baselik's final goal. right? And on the the commentary, as he broke through, the commentator on the zone said, it had eine Autobahn for sich. So basically, (laughs) he's got a highway to himself in front of him. That is
1: is amazing. That is amazing.
0: (laughs) Um, Oh my God. Sometimes there are just some really funny German comments. There's
1: expressions they just have for themselves that are really great. They have uh, the Riesenschance
0: yeah, the reason the chance huge, it's like huge, basically huge chance. chance yeah. yeah, the huge chance, yeah. They always say like, vast for ein, that's the good one. Like, what it's, yeah. the literal translation is like, what for a... Yeah. But it's basically like, what a pass. It's like the German equivalent of what a pass. Like, yeah. they had one for Tony Kroos' pass on, for Real Madrid on the weekend, vast for ein pass.
1: Yeah, that's they ein call it, it a tram pass course. as well, doesn't Yeah.
0: Maybe we should pivot to that. Real Madrid losing at home to... Levante. Can we blame the red card on Militao? No. This
1: has been coming for a while this kind of, well, it's not, hasn't been coming for a while. It comes now and again. Every so often we see a defeat like this for them. It's just where they are. Real Madrid are an assortment of talent and commitment, but they're not cohesive and they haven't been cohesive. And there's an argument that actually in each of their most intriguing games this season, they've been the least interesting of the two teams involved. Mm. There's a strong argument for that, like in each of those matches. They're just not cohesive and Zidane knows that mm. and everyone knows that and that's not news to anyone and that's probably not even offensive to Madrid fans who'd look at this team and be like, yeah, it's kind of caught between the old and the new, very much so. And mm. the old is very effective and the new parts of
2: it aren't taking yet. they not taking.
0: Yeah. I mean, they went down to 10 men before 10 minutes. Damn, that foul by Militao. And then Asensio scored a few minutes later from that pass from Kroos. Morales equalised for Levante. Roger missed a penalty, and then made up for it by scoring the winner yeah. in well, what turned out to be the winner with just over ten minutes to go. Gorgeous
1: finish, yeah,
0: a lovely finish. I mean, it was a really, really poor result for Real Madrid because Atleti looked inevitable, really, to be honest. And and the, the 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 worst thing about it for Real Madrid was do you remember Barcelona? All those memes about Barcelona being in the bottom half of the table at the beginning of the season their win over Athletic took them above Real Madrid.
1: And Barca were playing with, dare I say it, quite a bit more freedom than at the beginning of the season. Mm. But just quickly on Atleti, very quickly, they beat cadiz 4-2. Really, really quite quite fun game. That Negredo, so Negredo was... still balling out. But Atleti yeah. started in a 3-5-2. I and I was like, are Atleti having fun?
0: Well, Simeone's reaction to Suarez's free kick.
1: I mean, they're enjoying themselves. Letty started with the three five two. They set Sal Niguez and Lorente as the two wing backs. And that's just incredible because that gives I mean that back three is solid. The midfield five is congested and the front two of Raul Felix and Suarez It's a bit of everything. And the mm. nice thing about the, the, the midfield five is it allows Thomas Lamar to absolute Ryan. freedom. Absolute yes.
0: freedom. And he was brilliant again.
1: And he's been very really he's been I said very he's well, he's been, been very good in quite a few games now for them, to the point where I'm like, Lamar's happy. Like yep. two of his involvements led to goals. Yeah. I think he was taken down for the penalty, he got an assist, one of the goals. Yeah. Lamar is legit. Well, we knew he was legit, but he's looking happy and that's great because it takes pressure of all of the other players, creative players in that attack.
0: I sometimes wonder whether this is the most positionless side in European football. That's interesting. They've been playing centre midfielders as wide as players forever. Years, yeah, yeah. And they have Lucas Torreira, a midfield three of Lucas Torreira, Coquet and um, Thomas Lamar Thomas Lavar will drift to the right wing. Suarez is kind of like a pivot, mm. but he still roams. Jao Felix roams, you know, apart from really the back three that are kind of steady.
1: The Sound plays wherever you need him. He'll play, he plays mm. as left back for loads of the time. And even though he's an amazing centre mid, I mean, he's, he's one of the most self-sacrificial players. I think I said this before, like it's hard to think of many players who've got that skill set mm. and who are that much team first. And Lorente as well. This is the thing. Lorente can play. If he said tomorrow, if, if Simeone said to Lorente tomorrow, play right back for the rest of the year, Lorente would do it mm. and could do it. Like this is, they're really remarkable. They had Lodi before, Trippier. Now they've brought in, obviously, Lorente as the, as the wing back. They are just a team that has solved so many problems this year mm. already.
0: 10 points clear, game in hand. Special team. The only side that have scored more goals than them in the league this season are Barcelona and they've scored one more and they've played a game more. They conceded 20% of their season's goals on the weekend against Cadiz. Right. Who deserve a shout, by the way, because, I mean, Cadiz this season are above Valencia and Eibar.
1: They've showed no fear at all. They've showed no fear this year.
0: They're level on points with Getafe and Athletic Club. So you'd hope that they stay up really because if they do it would be amazing if they stayed up in La Liga for another season hopefully when they get fans back as well that would just be amazing
1: amazing return for them yeah Yeah.
0: but yeah shouts to Avala and Agrado who scored two lovely goals and is still balling out at 35 I think
4: boss this episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness See website for details. All
0: right, so like we said earlier, we're going to swerve the Bundesliga this week. There were wins for Bayern, Dortmund, Eintracht over Hertha. Actually, the biggest game of the weekend, I think, was probably Cologne's win over Armenia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It pulled them out of the, um, the bottom three mm. and put Armenia and Hertha in real trouble. Like Hertha are now one place above. They're only above the relegation playoff on goal difference. Do you want to do the Libertadores? <laughs> Yeah, we have to. I mean, it wasn't a great game. It wasn't but to highlight how, ironically, highlight to highlight what kind of game it was. It was the seventy sixth minute where the Dazone commentator said, "the Asta highlight of the Libertadores final."
1: Yes. Now this game. So Santos Palmeiras, um, Santos had lost in twenty eleven when Neymar was there, but before that, had not won for forty years, uh, and then Palmeiras had won in nineteen ninety nine. I think that was their first win. It was funny because obviously both Brazilian size and American are, it had a Brazilian championship feel. And the funny thing was the American are, I think was like 10% full.
0: Yeah, but all on one side, which was
2: weird. Yeah.
1: But then here's the thing. Here's the sad thing. This was quite poignant. It was about the kind of size of crowd you get in Brazilian championship games because those tickets are so expensive for the locals. Mm. This is the thing. It's unreal. A lot of that money is TV money in Brazil football. So they televise the games, but matchgoers are so often priced out of the experience of going to the American. Are. So seeing it, seeing it that empty, was quite poignant because Mm. it was like, well, this is what it's like on match day all the time anyway. Um, so Santos Palmeiras and uh, the game was so safety first, like, you know, when you see a team like playing like a four, two, three, one or a four, one, four, one, but those lines are rigid. Like the four is a rigid four. The one is like a thick band. So there was just like this, this game was compressed and there was no space. There was no space.
0: Quite, um, stuffy. I think Palmeiras completed 175 passes, uh, Santos completed 283, but their pass completion rate was like 66% and 76%. You know, one big chance really from Santos.
1: It felt like the 94 World Cup final actually. Ooh. And yeah, it's funny yeah. because the game obviously started to open up 76 minutes. And I wonder if that's because the sun went in a little bit because it was 32, 33 degrees the entire game. But towards the game, I mean, these players were just drenched. It was like they were running through mm. running through a sauna. Um, 75 minutes, I think Santos had their first shot on target. Yeah, Uh so. And then the game just accelerated in intensity and incident.
0: You could have turned it on with about 12 minutes to go and you would have been fine. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I, I, yeah, exactly. Um, the level of caution, right? Mm-hmm. The level of caution. The spaces only began to appear when the players were tired. Mm-hmm it was all safety first. There was like, the passes were like just, there was no unsafe play. There was no dribbling out from the back. You know, it was very much, very pragmatic. Um, Mm -hmm. Because as well, like the Libertadores, it's vast. Like the the range they play over. Yeah, I
0: know. The the travel,
1: you know, the logistics of it, all of it, like in far less... It's a really
0: exhausting court tournament.
1: Dude, it's extraordinary. Yeah.
0: It was all a little bit too much for Kuka, who I don't really think did that much wrong to get sent off. (laughs) No, no. Again, he, he was being a little bit naughty, and he, I think he knew what he was doing. So yeah, he he obstructed
1: us, obstructed play uh, when the ball rolled out. He got pushed over. He was a bit slow allowing a paramount player to get to it. And to be honest, it should just have been a yellow for both. I think.
0: Yeah, and because I mean, it all then kind kind of kicked off because you know you don't let your hands on an opposition coach. You know, like you saw what happened last season when David Abraham body checked Christian Strike. Yes, got a massive ban for it.
1: And their form after that, yeah, didn't their team didn't. The yeah, it was team... karma.
0: Yeah, ah, ah, I kept, I was tweeting about it for ages about how it was. Uh, yeah, since David Alaba knocked over Christian Strike, it was just like Eintracht's form just just went in that absolute toilet. It was hilarious. But yeah, and then ninety eighth minute, ball gets crossed in from the right hand side, a lovely ball into the box, and Bruno Lopez with a really nice header into the far post, like back across goal,
1: gorgeous. A bit like Messi's header in the Champions League final oh yeah. nine, but with, with even
0: more depth. Yeah, and he'd only come on about a quarter of an hour before. Well, he'd come on with five minutes to go of normal time and um, maybe that was it. You know, the fresh legs. He got booked for the celebration because obviously he took a show off. They all went into the crowd. It was all very like, oh, this is a pandemic going on, guys. And Brazil's not exactly yeah free and clear of that. And then in probably the most baller move, they then bring on Felipe Melo uh, and shouts to Tim Stillman who tweeted. <laughs> so Felipe Melo came on in the 107... 102nd minute, so the 12th minute of stoppage time, right? Yeah. And Tim Stillman was just like, still time for Felipe Melo to get us off. <laughs> so yeah, congratulations to Palmeiras, first Copa Libertadores in 22 years.
1: And now they're starting. They're playing the World Club Cup starting Thursday.
0: <laughs> Goodness me. Let's go to the Women's Super League. Quickly, big wins again for Chelsea, beating Spurs 4-0. Two goals from... Melanie Leipold's,
1: Yeah. The first, her first was unreal. Absolute worldy. That did everything. That did everything in the air. Oh my God. It was, yeah, it was so good. From how far out was that? That's like 30 yards. It's a good 30 yards. A good 30 yards. So that's the thing. Her and GC on, they've got the bombs from distance. Mm. That's the thing that they're so dangerous, Chelsea, because you stand off and they do that to you.
0: Yeah, they're on a bit of a tear at the moment, aren't they? Well,
1: because it's Penila Harder and Sam Kerr are just tearing things up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it kind of doesn't really seem fair,
1: to be honest. It's not my problem, is it? So I find it quite funny. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, it's just really fun to watch. It's quite spiky of me.
0: That's when you used uh, to be fun to watch.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, but Chelsea are like, they're so fluid. They've really worked out that attacking partnership well. It's, but it was seamless. It never, even when, even from the first game, the combination was just so good. It's because I think mm. those players enjoy pulling wide as much as they do. Mm. So yeah, uh, Chelsea looked amazing against Spurs who actually put up some really good, to be fair to Spurs, they put up some really good resistance early on. Um, but it was similar to what happened with Arsenal. Actually they did it against Arsenal actually earlier this season, I think it was in the cup where they looked really good for a long period, but then like one goal and the dam breaks. I think the problem mm-hmm. with Spurs is it's because they know they don't have that firepower with the goal scoring. Mm. So the psychological pressure of just keeping it tight when you lose a goal, it gets quite dispiriting. It's a bit like the, um, you know when a team knows that it hasn't got one or more, more than one or two goals in it against a big team. Mm. And it's not that they lost uh, concentration, actually. I think they lost confidence mm. because it wasn't a lack of, it wasn't a lack of commitment. It was just the, the fact that like, and, and this is what City do. When City break you open, as they did again at the weekend, they won 4-0. And uh, I think this is Rosalind's first goal for them.
0: Yep. First goal for Man City. Loved the finish, the lofted finish at the uh, at the near post. I mean, she'd only come on a few minutes before, and she just looked like was just like, oh, well, if I'm going to have to put this away. I'm going to have to put this away, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but there were some good goals in that game as well. Like Ellen White's header was header was really good, and Georgia Stanway and Caroline Weir's goals were um, were pretty good as well. There was good, there were good goals all around the Super League this weekend. I thought pretty much all of Chelsea's. Obviously, one of Leipelt's goals was a penalty, but the rest of the goals were good. The goals in the Man United game were good from Elton and Kristen Press. Mm. Um, they beat Everton two 0 and you know the goals that the the two goals from open play in the Bristol City Brighton game were good. And these were massive because it was Bristol Bristol City's first win of the season. Um, they're still bottom of the table, um, but that brought them within a couple of points of West Ham and, and Villa, the two sides above them. Put it into perspective, it was a th- they scored a third of their goals all third of their season's goals in that game on the weekend Bristol City so that was a massive win for them absolutely yeah, huge yeah. had a rough time of it so far they really have uh, the Arsenal-Villa game was uh, was postponed because of a waterlogged pitch but quickly elsewhere there was a uh, I don't like calling this the Classico you know because I don't think it's the Classico then don't
1: call it that it to in, it. Uh,
0: in the women's Primera Barcelona beat Real Madrid 4-1 on the weekend
1: but it's really Atleti-Barca in that league.
0: Two red cards in this game. This, I mean, it's got the energy of a Clasico. Two reds. Uh, two goals for Schwala, who's been on a really good run of form. Jennifer Hermoso and Patelis got the goals for Barcelona. Uh, Olga got a penalty back for Real Madrid right towards the end. But it's another straight win for Barcelona, who are who have played 13, won 13, scored 73, conceded three. A goal difference of 70. Um, they are two points... Clear of Levante in the league with three games in hand, uh, Real Madrid Femenino remain in third, ahead of Atleti on the same amount of points. Um, Atleti beat A Bar on the weekend two one. So, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't. I don't like. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a Classico They don't call oh. it.
1: Then it, 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 it has to earn it. Like, oh, it has to earn it. Well, yeah, it does. It does. It does. <laughs> I'm really glad we have got women's team. Don't get me wrong.
0: Oh yeah, 100%. At the, I mean, same, time, yeah.
1: at the same time, it's like,
0: they kind of shortcutted it, didn't they?
1: You can't jump the queue in a class. If there's a classic fixture, if, if the fixture is Barca Atleti, then it's Barca Atleti. Mm. You can't elbow your way into that. It's not the way it works. Do you know what I love about these big, these big leagues though? I love the fact that Man City-Chelsea is the, in, in quotes, biggest game in women's Super League but actually Arsenal-Chelsea is the one that to me feels the most pivotal. Like in terms of the energy of the fixture, I would say I would say that Man City-Chelsea is the, is, the, is the one in that league.
0: I can see where you're going with that, but I actually think it's a little bit more democratic now, actually.
2: Yeah, yeah, I with, yeah, yeah. I think
0: because of, because of the, the, the emergence of Manchester United, I think there's kind of any game between those top four is big. Uh, a quick shout for Sami Kadira. We're welcoming him in Berlin. He's joined Hertha.
1: Interesting time to join Hertha, to be
0: honest. Could be a really good signing for them, actually. Someone who has been there, done it, won the Cups. I mean, he's won everything that you can win. And mm. um, he's also won the Bundesliga, remember, with Stuttgart. He scored the winner, didn't
1: he? He scored the winner. It's it 7 Yeah. Uh,
0: back in the day when Ege- Enegi Koppos were in the league. Good times. What I love about Kadir is just that he has always shown up.
1: But he's done it all. He's kind of, he's sat deep. He's been a goal scorer. Now he's the elder statesman. So yeah. That's
0: going to be uh, fun. We are recording this on transfer deadline day. So hopefully there will be loads of wild, wild signings.
1: Still checking my WhatsApp, waiting for myself
0: to be. For your ITKs to uh, get in touch being like.
1: No, I'm waiting for my big contract actually. Get sort of signed up. They need a pass first striker in the, uh, pushing for Champions League places. Any day now.
0: <laughs> oh my God, your face. Poor Ryan, let's get you out of here. Signed the, the guy that's, you know, you see those charts, right? Where it's like, wh- where they'll be like, look at all of the chance creation in Europe and look at Sancho and he's like miles up here. Oh, right? God. Hot takes per 90. Like, there's that's a big actually. cluster down here in the bottom left and then there's just Moose out on his own. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'd be even higher if I uh, didn't edit them all out.
1: <laughs> that's true, actually. Where's it was, it was, it Oh, God. So, yeah, it's back out of here. What are we playing out on this week?
0: Uh, we're playing out on the old remix of Sophie yeah Sophie sadly passed away in uh, a, a, an accident in Athens over the weekend and um, yeah I thought this had just come out of numbers and we thought it'd be a good time to play on this so thoughts with her friends, family uh, the numbers crew loved ones we hope everyone's staying safe and well looking after yourselves looking after each other keeping warm and uh, yeah we're going to be back on Thursday see you then crowd
5: no.
4: This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom and the Planet of the Apes, enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. When I went on my last holiday to Cape Town, it was amazing.